Well, wonderful. So great to be with everybody. Love being at church together. I mentioned Chi Alpha is here with us this morning. I was an honor to be able to be out at Chi Alpha's first, uh, let's say, service of the year here. And on Wednesday night, it was great. Looks like they have maybe half of the group that was there here today. So it's great to have you all. And there were maybe 90 that were there or so on Wednesday night. It was just fun. Uh, worship, playing game. Was that called tomato ball, I think? That was, that was phenomenal. Uh, I would like to say that the, the ladies just destroyed that game. You, you ladies did great on Wednesday night. The guys, I don't know what happened. But ladies, good job. And uh, it was so much fun being there, but worshiping, going after Jesus, just seeing a group of people that just want to know more about who he is. And so I pray that's all of us this morning. I also want to say thank you so much for all that you give. You're faithful in being a part of what we get to do as Radiant Life Church. We cannot do what we do if you don't show up, if we're not serving, and if we're not giving. We get to support 75 missionaries around the world and mission organizations. And uh, it is one of my favorite things as a pastor is to be able to bring new missionaries on to support new missionaries, including a few of our Chi Alpha missionaries that are, are new that we're thankful we get to support and be a part of. And uh, so love it. Thank you for your faithfulness. You can give online at Radiant.Family through the Church Center app. If you do not have the Church Center app and you're a Radiant Life, you're here, you should get it. You can get it at the App Store. Look for Radiant Life Church. All of the stuff, all the info's in there. It's great. And if you need help out at the New Here table, they can take care of that as well. But a couple of quick announcements. One, if you are playing today in the golf outing, you can go to Radiant.Family events, find the event, and you can pay for it before you get there. That would help us out. That's going to be fun here at uh, 2 o'clock scramble for all those that are signed up. This Saturday, we also have our life group kickoff tailgate party. We'll be in the gym. We're going to have food. We need you to bring uh, side dishes, desserts, tailgate stuff. What would you bring to a tailgate? We're going to eat a lot of, that means healthy food, right? Or maybe, no, unhealthy food probably. It's going to be great. Some of you might do vegetables and stuff. So that's good. You can if that's your tailgate items. But we're going to have a good time. It's going to be fun. Big screen. And lots of fellowship. So everyone is invited invited for that. It's a great place to meet somebody new, to just learn a little bit about life groups and maybe get connected into one of those and just have fellowship and eat food. So if you could, though, if you could sign up at Radiant.Family, let us know you're coming. That'll help us be prepared with drinks and the, the main dish and hot dog, hot hamburgers, all of that stuff. That's Saturday at 3.30 for the Ohio State-Indiana game. Everyone come join us. It's going to be great. Then on Sunday next week, this is super important because your service normally starts at 11. Next week, 10 o'clock, one service, big family service. Uh, adults will be here, kids will be down the hall, but only one service at 10 a.m. Can everyone repeat? You're, you're, 10 a.m., one, two, three. Thank you. So none of you can forget. You've said it once. Don't forget. We'll send out reminders this week, but one big family service. And then following that service around 11, 11, 15, we are going to have a shaved ice truck. Tropical Chill will be with us. And so then we can jump out there and get some uh, nice flavored ice, which that sounds always like a win. And so it's going to be fun. So come join us next week, 10 a.m., and stay for a sweet a, a little uh, shaved ice cone after the time. And so look forward to it. Be sure, tons of announcements, tons of things coming. You can all look at all those at Radiant.Family. Uh, all September long, we're going to be eating food after services. It's going to be great. Water baptism on September 24th. Baby dedication on October 1st. Sign up, let us know, and we're going to have fun with that. Thank you so, so, so much for being here, for worshiping, and I'm excited to get into the Word. 
Ephesians is a book that's just full of wisdom, full of insight, full of as the body of Christ, who we are. And when I say that, Radiant Life Church is a part of that. The, the global church, uh, anybody that's following Jesus, loves Jesus. But specifically to what we do here. We would call ourselves a local member of that, a local body. That when we all come together, we all serve and go after Jesus. The goal is that we do not look the same today as we do in next week or in three months or in three years. I pray there's a few of you in the room that you've been here my entire life. So 39 years or so, you don't look the same as you looked 39 years ago. And I'm not talking about maybe more hair or more or less weight or whatever those things are. I, I don't care about that. But our behavior and our attitudes, I pray our anger or what we speak with our mouth, right? I pray we look different, we act different, we behave different than we did 39 years ago or three years ago or three weeks ago. That's what the body of Christ is all about, is encouraging each other. And we've been talking about this idea, this thought, we want to be people who are enthusiastic about God. Now, all of these students right here, how many of you students at OSU are football fans? How many of you are football fans? So, like half of them. The rest of you, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, but I guarantee you that these kids, these young people, these young adults, they're going to be excited when the Buckeyes play. If they're like, I'm a fan, I actually see a couple Ohio State shirts down there. So, they're like, they're ready to roll, right? Saturday, 3.30, maybe even some, um, you know, on future weeks would be at a game it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. You don't show up for a Buckeye game like, well, we'll see what happens and just sit there. Like, in fact, if you've never been to a Buckeye game, it's super fun. The band comes out and maybe, depending on the day, the loudest moment of the whole day could be when the band comes out the tunnel. And people are like, wow, like it's just full energy, full excitement. And we believe at Radiant Life, the word, what we would see all throughout Ephesians is the church should be excited about being in God, about knowing God, about loving God. Way more than when the Ohio State marching band comes down a tunnel. Way more when the, than when they score a touchdown or they win even the championship. We should be way more excited about our walk with God. Out on the wall when you come in. Says changing lives, developing leaders, sharing the love of Jesus everywhere. And I want us to be a church that enthusiastically is about those things. Changing lives, developing leaders, sharing the love of Jesus. And we're not going to stop until every person on the planet knows Jesus or until we're in heaven. We're going to go after him and we're going to do it with enthusiasm. It's not a passive thing. Well, I hope someday maybe God does something. No, 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 no. Forget that attitude. Lord, today, what are you going to do? It's going to be fun. Wait, enthusiasm in our life makes a big difference. Enthusiasm in school or job. Maybe we've been there. Maybe today there's some people you come in and you're like, I hate my job. And that's what you wake up with. That's what you think at noon. That's what you think when you go home. I see multiple heads nodding. Guess what? That's hard, right? It's not fun. And I want to encourage the Lord, when you give your people jobs and roles and lives, that they get to not be like, I have to do this today. But Lord, I get to do this today because there's people that need you. There's people that need what I'm called to do. They need this to happen. Someone's going to come to know you this week, this month, because I'm at a job. Even if I don't love it, this is where I'm called for this season. And Lord, I'm going to be excited and enthusiastic about what you've called me to do. And the words that we, and the, the verses that we just read, I think are so vital for us when we think of enthusiasm. Thinking of a new life, 
thinking of being new in Christ and new in what he has for us. In fact, just as we kind of run back through some of those, verse 17, Ephesians 4, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. We're not called just to be here on this earth. It says they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Whew, that's pretty direct. It says they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice greed, to practice every kind of impurity, right? They've given themselves up to these things. This would be the old life. This would be what we do not want to do. And I want to encourage us, don't do life your way. When I think of myself, Lord Jesus, don't let me do life my way. I might be a pastor of a church. I might have known the Lord now for 35 years since I was four years old. I might be filled with the Holy Spirit and I've experienced God. But Lord, I don't want to do my life way. I don't want to do life my way because I don't have anything that the world needs. I don't have anything to offer. I am a sin-filled person. I need the power of God. I want to be someone that even as it says, not that in that futility of their minds, leave futility behind. Leave what you are about and what your thoughts are and, and the way you would do it, leave it behind. If we look around or walk around the room or talk to, I believe every person in the room could talk about things that you do or that you've been a part of or that have happened in your life that have not led to positivity, haven't led to future, haven't led to what God would have for you. And probably if we all really, really thought we could think of things that we do consistently that we may not be the most proud of, that we know if I could just get rid of this area of my life, I think I could be a whole lot happier or joy-filled or I could be just freer in my life if I could just get rid of this one or two or three things out of my life. And Paul is saying, don't do it your way. Don't live a life that's alienated from the life of God. Don't live a life that's darkened. But let what God has for you shine in. But it's a choice. It's not just some easy thing on a Sunday morning. Oh, that's it. I got it. But it's a choice. Lord, would you begin to bring light to my life? Would you begin to let my life look and, and act like what your word would say? Jesus, what you did, would you let me walk in you and know you and experience you? And then we walk that journey. And I believe so strongly that Christians, that we should look different, act different. We should clothe different. We should have different activities and hobbies because there's things that are not going to lead to life. There's things that are not going to lead to this new man, but that are going to have that futility and things that we do not need. When we look at this, these words and when we talk about being given over to or given themselves up to sensuality, given themselves up to these things, the Greek word was aselia. Uh, that, that word, what does that mean? It says the great characteristic of aselia is this, the bad man usually tries to hide his sin, but the man who has this in his soul does not care how much he shocks public opinion so long as he can gratify his desires. What Paul's saying here is that they got to the point where it does not matter what people think, it doesn't matter what it looks like, it doesn't matter if it's accepted, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. It matters if it gratifies the desires of their heart. I've 
feel confident every one of us in this room at times and maybe has struggled now with things. We're like, I know this is not right. I know it's not. But there's something about giving ourselves up. And I believe in our culture, in our day, in our age, our culture has kind of given themselves to whatever makes you feel good, to whatever makes you uh, happy or whatever makes you joyful or whatever cause it is that you grab a hold of, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if it doesn't make sense from what brings true joy and happiness in life. Even if it doesn't make sense in just how biology works. It, it doesn't matter what the things are. What do I want? What do I feel? What does it look like for me? And if we give ourselves over to these things, that's what Paul is speaking about. Don't do what the Gentiles do. If you want to follow Jesus, you must leave the old man. You must put that thing to death. You must let it die, which means there may be things in your life that you enjoy doing that as you walk with the Lord that he calls you to put down. He calls you to say, I don't think I can do that. I used to be proud about something, but now I must leave it because it's no longer something that is bringing life. It's futility. It's the old man, and I don't want the old man to rear its ugly head anymore. Don't do it your way. Instead, do it Christ's way or the new way. Verse 20 goes on. But that is not the way you learned Christ. And I love this verse. It says that's not the way you learned Christ. That's not the way of, of who you are and what you're trained in and what the word is. In fact, I think that's exactly where we could boil it down. Doing our own things, giving ourselves over is the opposite of the word of God. It's the opposite of our walk with God. It's the opposite of what he wants and what, what God would desire in our life. So if he's saying that is not how you learn Christ. We must let the old die and let the new come. We must put those things down. It goes on, 21, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former, former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Church, our old man is full of the wrong things, the wrong desires, the wrong way. But it says to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. If I do it my way, it's about me and what I feel and what I want and what I think when I do it God's way. It's about clothing myself in righteousness, clothing myself in holiness, clothing myself in what God would have. I love World War II documentaries. I don't know, I just, I love it. I love the whole thing. I am thankful. I feel like I've aged out. I can never go to war, I, I hope. That would be a pretty bad war if they're taking almost 40 year olds. So um, I think I'm safe. And thank you for those that have served. But I love it because it's such a crazy thing. But you know what is wild to me when you think of prisoners of war? Normally, you put all of your effort and all of your money, whatever as a country, not into your prisoner of war camps, right? So you watch a show or you watch um, a funny one to me. It's meant to be funny, but Stalag 17, just a great uh, prisoner of war movie. It's fu really funny, really, really old. So you have to enjoy that sort of thing. But when you are a prisoner of war, you realize something. If you are going to try to escape out of a, a camp, you have to have one thing specifically. Number one, you have to get far enough away they don't shoot you while you're leaving, right? That's important. So you've got to be committed. You've got to be all in. And secondly is you need a change of clothes. Because if you wear your prison gear and you escape prison, you escape those camps, and then you're just walking through town in your prison gear. It's like, 
I wonder which one is the guy that we're looking for, right? Like the dude in the orange with the stripes or the dude in the, you know, that has the number, uh, whatever it is. There's something about this changing old to new. It's literally taking off the old man, taking off those old clothes and putting on new clothes. If you're trying to escape a prisoner of war camp, you better have your clothing figured out because you're not going to make it far if you don't. And when we are followers of Jesus, if you want to be blessed and walk in him and see your life transformed, we better take off what was, take off the, what hindered us, take off those things that maybe we even once enjoyed, but now we realize those are not true freedom. That stuff doesn't bring joy or peace or happiness in my life. That stuff doesn't give me what I want. Instead, I'm going to put on righteousness and holiness. And I begin to realize that true freedom is found in Christ. True freedom is not found in what I can do on Friday night or Saturday night. True freedom is not found, the word says, do not be drunk with wine, but be drunk in the spirit. True freedom is not found in what can make me feel different or what I can take or what I can put in my body that all of a sudden I feel better. We realize real quick that that is actually bondage. That is the opposite. And what I thought was freedom all of a sudden is the opposite. I got to get those things off of me. Take off what the word of God would speak. Sin, because Jesus is pretty smart. God, the plan, he knew sin is going to hurt you or it's going to hurt somebody else. I can't be someone that is, is transformed or looking for approval. I can't be someone that's transformed or, or looking for greedy practices or sensuality or what I experience or what I feel. Because those things in the end will hurt you and the hurt people around you. In the end, those things will make you someone who is alone and doesn't have friends, true friends. And what happens when we don't have people in our life? anxiety and depression, worry, all these things, because we need each other. We have to have each other. Sin is sin because it hurts us or it hurts somebody else. And when we begin to realize, Lord, I got to get rid of the old and the new is what I must be and who I must be. And when I walk in the newness of Christ, my life is so much better. It is so much better. It's no hindrance. It's not something of giving away freedom, but it's, Lord, you are good. I must fully give my life to Jesus. That is what has happened. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We have to live, speak, and abide in Jesus. Let make him everything to us. Charles Spurgeon said it this way. If you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you must live with him. First, he must himself speak to you. And afterwards, you must abide in him. He must be the choice companion of your morning hours. He must be with you throughout the day. And with him, you must also close the night when we want to put on righteousness and holiness. When I wake up, it's all about Jesus. When I'm at class or work, it's all about Jesus. When I'm eating lunch, it's all about Jesus. When I'm doing things that are fun and entertainment, it better be all about Jesus. When I go to bed, it better be all about Jesus. And all of a sudden, my life looks different because it's not about me and what I feel and what I want, but it's about Jesus. And that enthusiastic life, that walking, the energy that he has becomes something we can actually do because it's not about my feeling and about what I want and did everything go well this week? Okay, I can be joyful. No, I can be joyful in the Lord, even in the worst week. Not that I'm like, woo! No, when someone passes away or something doesn't go well, or you don't have the money and your car breaks down, it doesn't mean we have a Holy Spirit moment, like this is so great, I'm so happy. 
But it does mean, Lord, I can still come to you and worship you and praise you. And even in the midst of the storm, I get to give you honor and put focus on you, which means it's not on me. The old man's dead. The new man's here. I've given you my problems. I've given you my cares. I've given you my worries. I've given you my anxiety. I'm going to walk in you and your power, no matter what it looks like. If it's easy or it's hard, I get to give you it all. As we head to the last portion here, don't do it our way. Do it Christ's way. And third, we have to learn Jesus. It says, but that is not the way you learn Jesus or learn Christ in verse 20. And then here it really goes through. What does that mean? What's it look like when we learn Jesus? What's it look like when we follow Jesus? What's it mean when we were walking in relationship with Jesus? What's it mean and how do we look different? Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, we're going to not lie. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to do the things God has for us and not worry about, even if I have to be truthful and it hurts me short term, that's what I'm going to do. But why? It, it, It tells us here, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. How can we be one but lie and have falsehood about each other in the church. We can't. We can't be together. We can't be united. Once again, that's pushing away. It's something that hurts us or others. Verse 26 goes on. Be angry and do not sin. Now this is exciting. I'm going to ask for some bold people. How many in the room you'd say, anger is something I struggle with from time to time? I'm going to ask you real, real strong. Raise your hand real high. Yes, so about half the room would say like anger is a thing, at least a good solid third, right? I, I raised my hand for myself. That was and is something that if I'm not careful, it can happen. This is good news. It says be angry and do not sin. So church, if you just raise your hand, it's possible to be angry and to not sin. But did you notice it doesn't just say be angry and not sin. It goes on and says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. There's something about realizing there may be moments when I say I am upset I am, this is not good. But if we're gonna walk in the Lord, I then submit my anger, what I'm dealing with, my emotions, I submit them to the Lord. And I say, Lord, I'm not gonna sin, which means I'm not gonna hurt a person around me because of my emotions. And that means, Lord, I can be angry, but once I take it out on my spouse or on my friend or my teacher or whoever in my life, then now it's a whole nother deal. Now I'm walking in sin. And it says right after this, and give no opportunity to the devil. What is it when I go to bed angry? If Rachel and I go to sleep and we are mad at each other, and we may be, we have to have like a foot or two in between us because it can't sleep touching in bed. I'm not sure it just doesn't work. That would, be, that would be no good. But we could be that close to each other. But if we're angry, you know what generally happens? You go to bed mad, you kind of wake up in the same state. It's possible the next day you don't even actually remember why you're mad but you're still mad because you went to bed with that. God's saying, don't let anger guide you and hold you and manipulate you to where now the devil has a little foothold. And you wake up and I'm mad at my friend. I'm mad at my church. I'm mad at my spouse. I'm mad. And two weeks later, you don't remember why you're mad. You don't even care. You're just mad at them. It hurts you. It hurts somebody else. Don't let that happen. Don't give a foothold to the devil. It says, let the thief no longer steal and that might be i doubt it robbing a bank yes that would be stealing but 
I think in more subtle ways where you're not going to get put in jail, but are we doing and living our life in a way that's honest and true with what we speak, but also with how we act? No matter what I could do, I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to take something that is not mine. I'm not going to take even the honor or the glory for something that I did not do. I'm going to put those things at the right place. But, you know, when we're thinking of worth, what's it say? But rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. So often we steal or people struggle with that, whether once again it's something crazy like a bank or whether it's small, taking glory when we are not and we have not put the work in. We've not put the time in. Paul says, don't steal, but put the work in. Work hard, and not only work hard, but doing honest work with your own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Why do we work? To supply, to take care of, and then our heart to follow Jesus, to give and to pour out. And that might be at Radiant Life Church, our principle of tithing, of giving, so we as a church family can do so much more than we can individually. But it might also be that you work hard and someone in your neighborhood, they need, and you're like, Lord, you tell me, and I'll do it. You tell me, and I'll take care of that problem for them. You, you t- but you're prepared because you've worked hard. You've saved. You've been smart with your money. There's something about learning Christ and realizing I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to steal. I'm going to work hard. Goes on in verse 29. No, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. No one likes when people talk about you or things that hurt you, but is it easy? I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but some people in the room, you'd say, my thing is somehow I say things and it hurts people. And I don't want to. It's not even like this idea or this. It's like those with anger. It's not like I just want to be angry today. No, it just happens. Don't let corrupting things come out of our mouths. It's going to hurt somebody, but only such as is good for building up. And you know, I love this. It says, as fits the occasion. What's that saying? Sometimes we just like to hear ourselves talk and we just move and we just say what we want to say and it doesn't fit. It's not the right place, but just so we feel comfortable, we talk and talk and talk and it doesn't even fit the occasion. Sometimes just speaking too much when we should listen is not good. It hurts us or it doesn't let somebody else participate or it doesn't let somebody else be involved, which means sometimes my super extroverted outgoing people, we just have to control ourselves and say less things. Let somebody else. What's going to build up those around us? It says that it may give grace to those who hear. Nothing corrupting, nothing hurting, nothing that's tearing down. But Lord, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? And what is my part in that? I'm going to do what you have because I want grace to be poured out on everyone around me. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, please, I don't want to do that. Lord, I want to know you. I want to learn you, Jesus. I want to learn what you're saying. I want to spare myself of of the things that are going to hurt me. But I love this. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. God's already done the work, church. He's already sealed you. And Paul's saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You've already got his forgiveness. You've got his grace. You've got his love. So let's let anger and corrupt speech, and lying, and stealing. Let's let things that hurt others, let's put those aside, and say, Lord, whatever you have. It means when I come to the Lord, and I give my life to the Lord, I'm not just asking, Lord, would you not let me go to hell? I don't want that. That's terrible. But Lord, I want to be close to you. And what's the problem with hell? 
we, we have the vision of fire, and there may be fire and all that stuff, but you know what the problem with hell is? It's separation from God. And here on earth, we make our own separation from God. We, we give a little bit, but we kind of still have a, a chain and a ball that we're pulling around of our own stuff. And we're like, ah, everything else, but I'm just going to keep this. And I've got a little limp, but, but this makes me feel comfortable. No, God is saying it through Paul here in Ephesians. Put the old man dead. Make him dead. Bring the new man who Jesus has you to be and learn Jesus. Walk in Jesus. Experience Jesus. And you're not going to be pulling around a ball and chain of your sin and of your pain and what hurts you and others. And you're not going to have to worry about what hell looks like in your life because you're not going to experience anywhere where you say, Lord, you get every part except for this one. I'm going to kind of put you in a box. No, Lord, I want to learn you. When I think of my wife and I think of relationships, uh, if you're not married in the room, you will find out. If you are, you already know. It is one thing when you are dating. It's one thing when you're engaged. It's one thing. Why? Because generally you're, you see them more often all done up and, or us. I, I was thinking maybe do push-ups so we have a vein like showing or something, like whatever, guys, I don't know. But we, we give the best we can of each other or to each other, right? It's great. But then you get married and in one fell swoop, you're not with each other for an hour or five or maybe 10 or some crazy number in a day. That, that's probably too much, but... All of a sudden, every morning, every night, you work separate. Then not during that, you eat together. You do all these things. You realize real quick that they're not always, like their teeth are not always brushed. Their hair's not always done. Right? All of these different moments. You realize, any, any guy, no, 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 don't raise your hand, definitely. But you realize, oh, I don't actually know this person. Like I thought I knew them. I don't actually understand them. I don't understand what makes them tick. I don't understand what makes them ticked off. I don't understand what is good or what is bad. But when you start living with them, you start to realize, I'm either going to learn, truly learn about my spouse, or this is going to be a long life. And more so, I'm talking about Rachel, what she had to deal with me, than about me having to deal with her. And in fact, it feels like, ladies, sometimes that might be the way, the way that it is. I don't know. But we must be people that realize, Lord, I must learn you because I want to know you. I want to experience you. And I don't want to have to do a bunch of rules and laws. We're freed from that. There's grace. But when we know Jesus, we're going to do what's right. We're going to do what's holy. We're going to do what's righteous before. And we're going to put holiness on because I see Jesus. I'm with Jesus. I, I walk with Jesus. I know him. And I just desire what he has to be poured out in my life. I don't want any ball and chain of my past life. I want to get rid of it so I'm free in him. And I begin to realize, Lord, I don't need to get drunk or have anything in my body that makes me act different or feel different because you are the one that does that in my life. You're the one that brings freedom. I don't need to have this activity or this thing or I don't need to look at these objects or I don't need to, to let my own uh, mind in sexual ways. I don't need any of that stuff because, Lord, I realize that's bondage. That's the opposite of freedom. And when I learned Jesus, the more I realized, oh, you are so good that the reason you asked me and called me out, the reason you ask us and, and give us new plans and new dreams is because it's better. It's, it's better in every single way. And now I get to walk in freedom. Where maybe last year or 10 years ago, I would have thought that was almost putting myself in bondage to serve the Lord. And you realize it's the exact opposite. I get to walk in complete freedom in God because nothing holds me down. I get to walk in him, righteousness, holiness. 
and his spirit leads me, which today, even if I don't like my job, today God's going to take me. Today God's going to use me. Today God's going to help me. If I have a class that's tough at Ohio State, Lord, today you're going to help me because I don't like biology. I almost failed that. It was one of two classes in college I almost failed. It was not a good thing, but I got a D, and that's all you need for, to graduate. So that worked out for me, right? Lord, you've got to help me at least get this D so that I can graduate college. And I'm not paying for this class again. Lord, would you help me? And you begin to realize, Lord, he's going to be with you. He's going to help you. And Lord, when there's sin in my life, Lord, you've got to help me because I'm not good enough or strong enough to do it on my own. If I could and if I was able, I would have done it a long time ago. So Lord, would you bring freedom? And now I get to walk fully free of every area. I don't have to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to to walk and, Lord, is this going to work? Is my car going to make it? No, I just get to give it to God. Let him be God. Hey, Lord, the car you gave me, it broke down. What are you going to do about it? You're God, so I'm just going to walk in what you say. It's a lot different. Now, does that mean that when you need a car, it's like, woo, I love not having, no. But Lord, I am not going to put the weight of my life on me. It's yours all the time. It's yours when it's easy, and it's yours when I don't see how I can get to the next spot. It's yours when everything's taken care of, and Lord, it's yours when it's a little bit more difficult than that. God's got you, church. He loves you. Van, if you want to join, give some guitar, that would be awesome. This morning, we need to be a people that commit to learning Jesus and learning Jesus together. We need to be a church that says, Lord, what is not of you? What lines up in the list of things I don't want instead of being the things that are what I do want and who I do want to be? I do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I do not want bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Let those things be put away from you along with malice. But verse 32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This morning as we wrap this up, my question is, how many of us in this room would say, man, I have some stuff. I need to learn Jesus in some new areas. I may know him, but I I, want to experience him and I don't want to be held in bondage. And in fact, maybe first, say, you know what? Well, you're speaking with the word and I would say the Holy Spirit is, if God's speaking in your heart this morning, maybe first, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today would be a great day. There's no day to say, Lord, I want freedom in you, and that's the only place is in Jesus. So I want to pray for all of us in this room and give all of us a chance to respond. But first, if you're here, and maybe we could just bow our heads, close our eyes, just to focus on Jesus. If you're here and said, you know what? I've never given my life to Jesus. And it's Jesus that Paul talks about. The one that takes our old man and gives us new. The one that wants us to actually know him and walk with him and learn him. If you'd say, I've never given my life to him, but today I want to start a relationship. The word says all you have to do is repent. You've got to repent. You come to him. You turn to him. You make him Lord of your life. And he welcomes you in. And in fact, all of heaven rejoices when one of us gives our life to Jesus. And that's why out on the wall, our vision is to see one more for Jesus. That's what it's all about. If you say, I want to give my life to Jesus today, could you be bold and just raise your hand? That's all I'm going to ask you to do. But if you say, that's me. Would you raise your hand in this room? Yep, I see that hand. Is there anybody else? The best decision, you can go ahead and put that hand down. Thank you. Anybody else, you'd say, that's me. In this room, I want to know Jesus for the first time or rededicate. Come on. The Lord is good in the house. 
Can we do something? Could we as a church family, could we pray together? This one, or if I missed anybody else that raised their hand, if you mean it with your heart, what we're about to say, you are a child of God here in a minute. You pray, you believe, you're all in, and heaven is rejoicing. Maybe today as a church family, we're just saying, Lord, thank you for your grace as we repeat together. Let's do it as a family today. So could we all say, dear Jesus, I love you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I repent of the things that have hurt me or others. And I make you Lord of my life. Do what you want in me from this day forward. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand to this one today. God is good. Nothing better. Nothing better. And I want to give everybody in the room, if you'd say, you know what, I have an area in my life right now that I need to learn Jesus' heart in. I need to learn. I need to know. It could be sin. It could be just an area that, that you're struggling in. And you say, you know what, I want you to pray with me. I'm going to just ask for boldness around the room. If we're not bowed headed anymore, whatever, who cares? But if you say, there's something in my life, I think it might be a bunch of us today. Will you just raise your hand as a sign to the Lord? I give it to you. Yep, all over the room. All over the room. I want to pray for you today. And in one moment of prayer, God can do amazing things. And then we need to leave here and say, Lord, I'm going to continue to submit that to you. I'm not going to pray and then do the same thing. And sometimes we need brothers or sisters around us to help us, which means maybe your, your action needs to be here in a few moments to go talk to somebody, to get somebody around you, say, hey, I've been struggling here, or could you keep me accountable, or could you just help me, could you pray with me? That would be amazing. But God in one moment can do what we can never do. And right now, I'm believing God's going to give some freedom and some wholeness. So whatever that thing is, maybe you, in your heart, raise it up. Maybe even raise your hands all over the room. Whatever it is, we're going to believe he's going to bring wholeness and life. So Lord, we ask you right now. Lord, as so many just said, there's something I need to learn the mind of Christ in. I need to know Jesus in this area. I want to get rid of something, Lord. Maybe there's a sin area, or there's an issue with pride, or maybe it's anger, or maybe it's something that we just talked about, or maybe it's something that wasn't mentioned today. Lord, we ask you that where we need in all areas of us to learn you, these things that have been directly put on the altar, Lord, would you help? Would you bring healing? Would you bring wholeness? Would you bring deliverance? Would you bring freedom? Lord, would you let your life and your love and your spirit be poured out upon this church? Lord, we are so thankful that we do not do this alone. We walk in you, Holy Spirit, that guides and we have brothers and sisters around us. So Lord, where we need help, where we need encouragement, Lord, don't let us walk alone, but let us be bold and ask friends. Let us ask people, maybe people we don't know, maybe today it's asking a pastor, Lord, would you pray? Would you believe? Would you help me? Whatever it is, Lord, we ask you in this moment to bring healing, wholeness, freedom. And then, Lord, give us the strength and the strategy to walk forward in that freedom. Lord, we just want to know you. So, Jesus, I pray this, this week that everyone in this room would spend time in the Word, that everyone this week would spend time in worship, would spend time in prayer, would spend time maybe fasting, maybe even asking for extra things, Lord Jesus, for you to move so we hear your heart. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, let every one of us learn more of who you are, learn how you think, learn what matters to you so, Lord, our lives can line up with you. And, Lord, we're thankful for your Word. Lord, we're thankful that... This word is going to guide and direct. And if we're off track in any area, Lord, today, we 
put ourselves, we submit ourselves to you. We submit us ourselves to your truth. Do your work in us. Let us learn you. Let us know you. And Lord, let us enthusiastically be in Christ today. Enthusiastically live our life this week. Enthusiastically go after you. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. And we worship you. You are so, so, so good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, one more thing before we leave this morning. Our ushers are going to come forward. And we have these flyers. There's something about being together as a church. They're coming. As they come, you come right up to the front, guys. Uh, they're going to come back through. And if you need a pen or you need one of these, wave at them. And they will pass them out and uh, be sure you have one. These have all of our teams that you can join in on. They have all of our groups that you can join in on. And we believe so strongly that if we are going to be the family of God, we have to know each other. We've got to be the family. And groups and teams are a huge part of what that is at Radiant Life Church. We're about to start our next group season here on the 8th of September. Uh, we're going to have our tailgate kickoff on Saturday and then the following Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we have about a dozen groups here that are open. We have a bunch or several more that they're full. And so we didn't put them on here. But we want to encourage you to sign up. And I want to just mention a couple things here. You can obviously put your name, all that, uh, ready to serve or start again or ready for more, ready but you need info. You're like, I just need somebody to walk with you. We have people that would love to do that. But there's a couple of big ones that are new. One specifically is our kids ministry area. We could use, always could use kids ministry leaders uh, to be a part. But we're starting something new and we're going to call it the Champions Club. And this is for students that may have special needs or that have behavioral issues, that they need extra care. They need extra, and we believe so strongly that parents need to be in here when they're here for church, not taking care of their kids because there's a behavioral issue or a special needs issue. And so we're starting what's going to be called the Champions Club during our second service, which is going to be a group of people that are trained to be able to help that when a child needs extra care, they can go to a special room and they can have quiet or they can have lighting that they need. Or we're going to do our best to work through some of those things. Or just someone that needs a little extra, that there could be a couple of adults that can go and help and let them kind of have what kids can have, have little blow-ups or have whatever they are. And then they can jump back in because there's people that are there for them. And so we're looking for a group of four or six or eight or whatever God would give that every second service at Radiant Life, those with special needs can be cared for and taken care of in a way that they need. These kids are precious in the sight of God. And they may think a little different. They may, may act a little different, but we want to love them and we want to love their family. And so maybe you'd say, that's something I could do. You might say, I've never dealt with anything like that. If God would lay that on your heart and you're slow to anger, <laughs> you have a lot of love to give then we would encourage you, sign up. We're gonna, we'll follow up with you. We're really working through what that's gonna look like. It depends on how leadership and what it comes. But if you are willing and able and want to be a part, we would love to have you. Every area on here, worship. We loved electric guitar players. There's all the things, you know, media, photography, video directing, cameras, running cameras in the room, screens, what goes up, light, sound. We need all of those things. And kids, nurseries, toddlers, elementary, Maybe you're like, I like kids, but check-in is more my thing. You can talk to the adults and let the kids go down the hall, whatever it would be there. Mention Champions Club. First impressions. Some of you have good smiles. And all you have to do is show up by 9 o'clock and hang out, love Jesus, and love people. And what a great way to be able to be a part. Cafe, 
you Sunday nights with Pastor Matt and the team. There's some other serve opportunities, and we encourage everyone to do one of those Sunday morning things. But Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries on Wednesday nights, our care team throughout the, the week says people need care. Royal Family Kids Camp is a big ministry that is in the summer, a camp, and you can be a part of that office or admin team. Maybe you say, you know what? I don't know about Sunday morning, but I could come in and spend a few hours helping our office team or helping get people connected uh, on the back end, on the computer side. There's some good ones. We want to encourage everyone that's a part of Radiant Life. We believe in giving so we can give to missions. We believe in serving so we can see more people come to Jesus. And on the other side of that page is our group's options. I ready to join a life group, looking for a new life group, already in a group and plan to attend this season. If you're already in one, you can click that or check that and uh, you're, you're already in it. Hoping to join in January. Maybe you can't right now, but soon, right? Maybe that would be you. Then there's a whole list. Pick your top three if you know. If you don't know, just write in there, I'm not sure. And Pastor Ethan will help you. He'll connect with you and we'll find a place that would be the best. Maybe based on area. You're like, I don't know where these people are. I don't know who they are. We can help you with that. Just write on the top there, I'm not sure. And we'll come and uh, connect with you. There's also groups. Those, the main block is every other week groups. There's also the lower group. Those are maybe once a month or weekly groups, a little different schedule. Our 50 plus, our young adults, we're gonna be having and starting new, our young adult uh, things on, on Saturday night, we believe once a month. We're gonna have a couple of groups that are gonna be meeting there. Our Radiant Life singles group, women's Bible study, moms and prayers, our RadFam Tuesday morning prayer. We'll give you the information you need but we need to be doing life together. We need to be growing together. We need to be doing it as a family. An important one, if you have children, let us know so we can be sure we get you in a group that can handle children. Because we want you to go to a group and have fun. We want to go to a group and be able to study as a, a group, whatever that looks like in that environment. So I'm encouraging every person in the room, you can fill one of these out. You can be honest and say, I'm not ready yet. Or you can say maybe in January for groups, but just to let us know where you are so we can be able to help and follow up and be there with you, cheering you on. It's important. Groups are important. You know, this morning we have our Chi Alpha group here, and I love how Chi Alpha runs because they have their core groups. I would say that's the main thing that Chi Alpha does is core groups, and they get together for a service like this. But core groups is where the serious growth happens. It's where you have one-on-one -on -one or maybe one-on-12 or whatever a small group is, but where you get to pour into each other Sunday morning, we get to celebrate. Wednesday night for Kyle, but they get to celebrate. It's fun, it's exciting. But the core group, life groups, that's where life change so often happens. We get to iron sharpen iron, talk about life, talk about what's going on. That's where when we need help, all of a sudden we realize our group, that team that we're a part of, those people are on our team. They wanna help, they wanna be a part because we know each other. And I wanna encourage you, don't do life alone. Don't do it alone. Let's come together, let's serve, and let's go after Jesus. Thank you so much. I love that Radiant Life Church is not a church where 20% of the people, what a lot of people would say, do 80% of the work. That's not how we are here. Because we believe we're a family, and family, everyone has a role. Everyone participates, and we need you. So thank you so much. God is moving. Uh, if we could, before we leave, could we give our Chi Alpha students one more hand? Just thank you for joining us. So glad you're all here with us today. Excited for what God's going to do in your life this next uh, season or this next school year.
and Radiant Life, thank you. I love you all. So thankful for what God's doing. Sign up. Let us know. Come either way on Saturday for our Life Group tailgate kickoff. 3.30, Indiana Ohio State game in the gym. It's going to be a blast. We're going to get you connected and just be family. Do life together. Love you all. This week, Radiant Life, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. And be sure to turn in your form to the ushers as you exit this morning. God bless.